0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to episode 33 of this season's Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholz, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah. And yourself? Not bad not bad at all i had a, an interesting footballing experience at the weekend i um paid my first visit to scene where they were playing westbury reserves i know okay. we've, we've we've descended now into the trowbridge and district league mm. um but i had a very pleasant afternoon i got a little bit yeah. wet but i watched a very good game actually and uh, and that was very nice but we've got plenty of action to talk about in the talk station western league uh, this weekend haven't we two interviews we're going to bring you uh, marvin brown from canesham town and um also an old friend of the podcast sean potter uh from well city those are our two interviews um but we're going to kick things off tom we're going to be looking at the games played on the 18th of march and a six goal thriller at clevedon town
2: yeah absolutely that was uh one of the one of the games of the day there's plenty going on on the weekend as you say but uh yeah this was uh one of the one of the better encounters, and it was Buckland who came out on top, 4-2 winners they were, uh, and they did um, it looked like it might have been an easier afternoon for them when they went uh, two goals ahead Ryan Bush scoring uh, with their first attack of the afternoon, putting them ahead after just five minutes, uh, and then there was another goal from Sammy State from just outside the area making it two 0 after half an hour or so uh, but then, yeah, to be clear, to be fair to Cleveland, they yeah, fought their way back into it, and it was one man in particular really impressed, and that was Ethan Felton uh, scored in first half stoppage time and then again, three minutes after the interval, so as you say, a, a quick turnaround or, or come back at least. So uh, yeah, that made it two all, and yeah, set up a, uh, a yeah entertaining second half, and uh, it, that was how it played out. Especially if you're an away fan, uh, Buckland moving back ahead thanks to a goal from Jared Lewington, and then it was Bush again, now uh, having another stellar season. Uh, his second of the afternoon helped complete victory. So a 4-2 win for Buckland away at Clevedon. Uh, now we move
1: on to Kensham Town. Of course, Canesham have been enduring a difficult season uh, this season, as we know. But um, they had a, a a good day on Saturday, didn't they, Tom? A
2: rare win um, for the Kays at home to Ulvercombe Town. Yeah, and a rare win that took them off the bottom as well. So, as you say, has been a has been a t- has been tough going this year. But uh, yeah, a little bit of a boost for them, hopefully. And it was goals from Will Sage and Freddie Fraser doing the business for the home side in this one. Uh, Liam Shorts did strike for. Phil for Coombe, who, you know, aren't, uh, aren't probably wouldn't have expected Cainsham uh, to, to, to beat this side, but, but they have managed it. And, uh, yeah, as I say, a couple of goals uh, was enough for them. So, yeah, good 2-1 win for Cainsham for on the weekend. Now, one of the smoke and mirrors
1: elements of the podcast is, of course, nobody ever really knows when we're recording this. In fact, quite often, I don't think Tom and I know when we're recording this. <laughs> And we certainly don't know when we're recording the interviews, but I can tell you that we are. this week's episode is being brought to you on the 21st of March. Um, my interview with Marvin Brown, we spoke to Marvin, if you remember, earlier in the season. A very interesting interview because, of course, a lot has been going on at Keinsham, um since last season. It's a very interesting model based around an academy system that Marvin explained earlier uh, in the season. And we've got Marvin back to talk to us again because we... We like to get around all the clubs at least twice. But we're going to be speaking to him tomorrow. Now, tonight, this means nothing to you, listeners, because if you're listening to this on Saturday, if Mm. I use words like today, tomorrow (laughs) and tonight, it's going to mean nothing. Normally, I wouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it today because Tom and I are recording our bit the afternoon before Keynesham played Brislington in the Les Phillips Cup in the evening. And it seems a bit odd as, um, not to touch upon that game, not least because, of course, it is our Western League League Cup. But, of course, we want to focus on that excellent win that Canesham had over Ilfracombe at the weekend. But for the purposes of this interview, I will look back to the future. I am the Marty McFly of podcasts, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be asking Marvin to tell us his thoughts on that game that Canesham haven't had yet with Brislington.
0: We knew it'd be a, a tough game and Bridgington are the league below but they are I'm flying in the league, um comfortably ahead and I think they had won twenty games in within nineteen minutes in the you know, on a on spin. So for us we knew it'd be a tough game. But we were we're looking forward to it. We had been playing really well leading into into this game and we won our last game. So we knew it'd be tough. Um and and it was, but I thought our boys were outstanding um in the first half. They created so many chances, their keeper was was outstanding as well. Uh, made some brilliant saves and went in one-one at half time. And second half was a bit of a scruffy game. Became really physical. There were red cards and you know it, it became um, a little bit probably aggressive, But it's men's football and it's sometimes you is what you have to deal with. And went to penalties in the end and we actually scored the first two. Well, I think they missed the first two and then roles reversed and and they went and got the and they got the win. So. You know, for us it was definitely disappointing but super proud of the lads. Um, they definitely stood up to the challenge. Um, and I think we probably would have surprised if few we with the result because um heard a few comments not necessarily from their from their club, but when the draw was made I think people thought it was gonna be a, a bit of a hammer in just if you look at where we both are in the two in the two leagues. Um but the boys were, were outstanding, so really, really sort of pleased for them that they could um sort of Sure that they can compete against sort of top teams, um, and so yeah, just disappointing but proud of the lads effort.
1: Because obviously that comes off the back of the, the win at the weekend. Um, that's your first win in 2023. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm I imagine you know you must have been really delighted to have you know to, for the for the boys to have got that win.
0: Definitely, I mean we've deserved plenty going forward and um, sorry um, in the past, and I think that we were really getting tired of saying to the boys, you know really well played but we haven't got the points again through um, either individual errors or um, just missing chances. We create so many chances in games and, and it's been frustrating so I'm really pleased for the lads to, to get that victory on the weekend. It also moved us off the foot of the table, uh, moved us ahead of Cadbury Heath. Uh, maybe have a couple of games in hand so but it was just nice for those boys to get that winning feeling um, because like I said, it's a development program for us, but we, you know, winning is important, and we do want the boys to, to know how to win. So we're playing really good football, we're playing attractive football, but we just need to start playing winning football as well. And for us, that's just the two boxes. You know, we have to um, defend better in the box, and and we have to just take our chances. You know, between the boxes, we've been outstanding. Most games we dominate possession and territory, but we just have to now convert that into into those goals, which is what the game's about. Yeah,
1: it's interesting you talk about converting chances because of course obviously you scored twice against Dulfa Coom uh, on Saturday, but before then goals have been a bit hard to come by for you, haven't they?
0: Yeah, and and it's really hard to put a finger on it. It's not as if we're not creating, you know, so for us it's not a lot that we, we need to to change, you know, if we weren't creating chances we might have to look at our system or we might have to even look at some of the players and but for us because we're creating five, six, seven, you know, clear chances in games and missing them um, you know we're not far away, and so the boys, like I said, we just have to work on our composure. We have to just work on our finishing technique, and some of the players we're talking about are actually great technicians. You know, and so I think sometimes when you're down there and things don't go your way, it can affect confidence, and it can mean that you start to smash at things, and you know you just lose a little bit of that belief. And hopefully now, off of sort of last night's performance, even though we didn't have the result and the and the result on Saturday, we can go into our last sort of six league games and. Really, you know, take our chances and and win some more games,
1: you mentioned just now that cause that win did move you off the bottom of the premier division table, so is that your target for the rest of the season? Do you want to sort of stay off the bottom of the table?
0: yeah, of course, I mean, for us, we didn't set a target at the beginning of the season, um but you don't want to of course we don't want to get relegated, we don't want to finish bottom of the league um and we just want to make sure that, like I said, for us it it's twofold really because we are so supportive in boys and I call them boys because they're so young I think our oldest players 21, 22 um, because the project is about one, you know helping catch and develop as a club playing attractive football so the fans you know more fans want to come and and watch us play um, as well as being a a place where young talented players can come and hopefully showcase their ability not a lot of teams within our league will have you know a squad of 17 to 19 year olds um mostly and then you know with a couple of 20 and 21 have been the top so for us it's about giving those opportunities and we understand that by doing it that way and by playing attractive football hopefully these boys will develop and we'll jump leagues and go and play at levels that you know their talent warrants it's not about us trying to to keep the players with us to to win games, you know, um, even though for the boys who were there, like I said, we do understand that winning is important and that morale is important. But for example, Owen Brain um had been with us since the beginning of the season. He's done really well. He's now gone to Murphy Tidwell. we joined them three or four weeks ago. Um and he's doing he's doing well there, jumped a couple of leagues. And we've got a couple of other players as well who have jumped a couple of leagues since they've been with us and that's part of the process. What what we do understand is when that does happen, you know, you have to look at other ways to to replace those players and not necessarily player for player, but maybe in a system that you, you use in, in changing tactics slightly and asking a couple of players who have not been involved so much to step up and, and take their opportunity. So we understand sort of where we are and what we're trying to do. Um, but, um, you know, being relegated definitely isn't, isn't in our plans and won't be acceptable for us.
1: Well, let's try and look on the positive side of things. I mean, Ilfra Coombe and Sherbourne are, well, they're nine points, in front of you I mean it's probably quite an ask um, to be able to catch them between now and the end of the season
0: Yeah I mean it's difficult because again you're you then relying on them to, to drop points and that's not where we want to be we just want to get as many points as we can between now and the end of the season and hopefully that will, will be enough I think if you start to worry too much about what the other clubs are, are doing especially before the games it can just affect your preparation um, and put more pressure on yourself and the players so we just try to focus on ourselves we know um, what we're trying to do. You know, we know the talent that we've got within the dressing room, um, and we know that we can go and compete against really any team, any team in the league. You know, the one real game that we didn't compete was actually Bridgewater, who we've got this weekend. You know, we suffered a big loss to them on the weekend. So for us, we want to put that right, and we want to make sure we, like I said, go and compete, show what we can actually do, and hopefully go and get a result. Um, when we spoke
1: before, and you've mentioned it again in this interview, you talked about the sort of the the model, the developmental model that you're you know you're using um, at um, at Canesham, and I think it I think it's a really interesting model. Um, this is your first season um, managing a team in the in the Toolstation Western League. Uh, do you feel that if you can keep the side up in the Premier Division this season, do you think that the the model that you're using you can
0: you could you can build upon that next season? Definitely, I mean the fact that we started the season with, with no players because not started the season but into pre-season we didn't have any players registered because the previous management team had left and the vast majority of their players had, had moved across with them um, you know we had to start from from scratch and for us the squad has got stronger and stronger and stronger throughout the season and I think it's partly because the style of play I think we could be played against a couple of teams the Poulton was one um, in a cup game and a couple of their Young players, you know, approached us afterwards to if they come and join us. They weren't getting the minutes that they wanted to there, and they liked what they saw when we played against them. It was a really good match, and that went to penalties as well. So, for us, um, we definitely think this is the start of a project. This was, you know, getting it off the ground and and proving that it can it can work and we can compete. And I think the hierarchy within to are really pleased with what they're seeing on a week to week basis. Again, we all want results to be better, but they can see sort of that we're not far away and where things are going wrong with individual errors and sometimes naivety and, and so on, which will be natural in young players. And for us, we really believe that uh, if we can stay up this season, that we won't be in a similar position next season. Um, a couple of conversations we've had with players who want to be part of what we do next season, they're currently at, at other clubs. Uh, it was really exciting and I think the squad will get will get stronger and stronger. And I think... You know, a lot of the pro clubs and so on have spoken to us, the local ones, about players coming on loan for next season and so on because they, again, they just recognise what we're trying to do and they feel like what we deliver will really help them. You know, there's probably teams in higher leagues where these young talented boys and academies could go, but I think the style of play is really important. There's no right or wrong way to play football, but if you are trying to develop young players going from back to front and and fighting for the ball up, up top, you know, it can win games and I understand that and there's no knock against anybody who plays that style but if you're going to have young talented players who you want to give opportunities to move on I don't think that will necessarily be right for them so it's really important that the environment's right um, the playing style's right and the mentality's right and I think we've, we're, we're getting there um, it's getting better each week and into next season I'd be really confident that we would be sort of towards the top end rather than the bottom end of the table.
1: Well, another challenge of course you've had to cope with this season has been the the travel, um distances and because the merger now won't be happening next season as as had initially been hoped. Um that means that you're likely to be left with much the same travel as you've had um this season. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Is that a concern for you?
0: Um it's not a concern for me personally and the squad, which is what sort of we deal with. Yes, for the club um financially it's a strain. Um, but for um, myself, the management team, and, and the players, um, like I said, because we've got such a young team, and they really appreciate the the opportunities that they're getting, we don't really have too many issues with getting players to travel. Uh, we know it would be different, and it probably is for a lot of other, um, especially sort of either the Bristol-based sort of teams who have to travel all the way down to Cornwall, or even you know the Cornwall teams have to travel up to us. We understand that. A lot of teams have got players in a different stage of life. So if you're a lot older and you've got children and you've got, you know, you can work on a Saturday morning or you can do all these other things. That can affect that. It, it will be difficult for, for some teams. And, you know, again, I've just heard rumblings of some teams who potentially could come up into the league who, who might not want to or teams um, within the league who'd, you know, prefer to go across to the Hellenic and all of those things just because the travelling is less for our boys is, is not a problem. Um, and to be honest, be quite like some of the trips, you know, it helps the morale and the, um, the lads do, do enjoy, they don't necessarily enjoy the early mornings, but once they're there and they're all together and, you know, it builds that camaraderie and that, that um, sort of team ethic and I think for us it doesn't cause us a, a major problem from a getting a team out there um, but like I said, for the the challenges around finances and, and, you know, putting on the transport to get there, it will always be sort of a challenge for, for a club like ours.
1: Well, let's talk about the football because that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Obviously, you had that um, highly competitive game um, against Brislington and, and, and you, you that's probably good preparation for your equally competitive trip to Bridgewater. And at the moment, we never quite know what Bridgewater side's going to turn up.
0: Hmm. Yeah, um, they, they were really strong early on just from a results point of view. Like I said, they beat us comfortably at home. Um, and then they've had some tricky spells and a lot of their um, wins, I think, have been by... By one goal recently, so you know I'm not sure sure why. Um, and we won't, you know, assume that the squad's not going to be as strong or the team's not going to be as good as it was when they played us. We're going to be preparing for the excellent team that we um, came up against, and you know we'll just we'll just play the game. It's it's so hard in this league, and you you do get so many what you would call upsets um, from teams who are seemingly struggling um, against teams who who are, who are flying. So. For us, we'll just prepare for the game. Like I said, we'll expect them to be excellent like they were before. And for us, you know, it's just about getting, executing the plan, really, more than anything. And and we have been, like I said, so close to doing that in the past. And I think it'll be a really good test for the boys just to show them how far we've come. If we can go and really compete and and go and get a result, I think that will be a a real good example for the boys. um, Just to show them that, you know, we are a much better Team and outfit than we were at that point in the season, and I think they're starting to believe that themselves now. Anyway, because we are competing in nearly every game and lots of games, like I said, I feel like just some chances created, we should have, we should have much more, many more points than, than we currently do. Um, but it will definitely be a test, and I said it's some but it is one that we are really looking forward to.
1: Well, after Bridgewater, it's Buckland. Then you've got four home games, um, culminating yeah. with the visits well, the visits of uh, Mousel uh, on the 15th of April and, and of course, he- their, their local rivals, Helfton Athletic, on the 22nd. And I guess um, what you'd really like to see and what your players would really like to see is some good attendances at the AJN Stadium to finish off this season and showcase just what, what you can do on the pitch.
0: Definitely. You know, that is, that was sort of part of the, the remit was to, you know, when we spoke to the, the hierarchy at Cancun, it was about trying to play good football and hopefully increasing the, the number of fans who come and kind of want to watch it, you know, win or lose. We want the fans to go away, entertain and feel like they've watched something that was entertaining football. That is part of our DNA it is what we do. And so, um, you know, having four home games to finish off the season, um, is great for us. Uh, we play on a 3G pitch, so it helps our playing style as well. Um, we do get a downtime, pay for the thirds and so on. So for us, it always helps when we're at home, just from a um, a sort of uh, playing philosophy standpoint. But we compete in both of those games. I think both of those games, now uh, Mousel away and Health in away could have gone either way. Um, really good competitive games. And, you know, Mouse are very, um, very technical team um similar to, to us and I think that will be that's one that we're really looking forward to because it's almost a more sort of more of a like for like than a rather than a technical team against physical team which we come against a lot. So that will be an interesting one. But yeah, having four home games um to finish the season is, is ideal for us and hopefully we can, like I said, build that build that fan base and have more people come and hopefully the sun will be out then as well and that will help with um you know increasingly increasing the increasing number of people who come through the turnstiles.
1: And my thanks to Marvin for his time. Now, we'll move on to a five-goal thriller. We've had goals galore, haven't we, on this week's episode of the podcast. Millbrook, they haven't had the best of seasons. It's been the best of times. It's been the worst of times. Cadbury Heath, they've been struggling. Their struggles continued. A very, very, very good win for Millbrook at home.
2: Yeah, 4 match, winless run for them coming into this game. But uh, yeah, they put that to bed. Uh, in fine fashion, a 4-1 victory uh, over the over the heath. And it was a couple of goals from a pair of Joshes in the first half. Josh Johnson and Josh Toulson. And so putting them two up at the interval. And then it was a second half double from Jack Wood wrapping uh, up victory. So, yeah, good good fill up for, for Millbrook. And, yeah, pretty comfortable uh, 4-1 win at home for them
1: on Saturday afternoon. And, of course, we've also learnt that a collective noun for Joshes is a mm-hmm. Millbrook. A Millbrook of Joshes. There we go. And we started off our Premier Division coverage with a six-goal thriller. We're going to finish it with a six-goal thriller against two of the Titans. Two of the Titans playing it out at the top of the table. Shepton Mallet at home to Mousel. And these two teams, Tom, couldn't be separated.
2: Absolutely. A a thrilling final final quarter, definitely. It took a little bit of time to to come to life, especially in in terms of goal-scoring action, but it did eventually finish three apiece. Uh, all the goals coming in the second half. The first of which, uh, ten minutes after the break, uh, the deadlock finally broken. Danny Constable scoring for Mallet to put them ahead. Uh, but then, with about 20 minutes left on the clock, the game absolutely uh, yeah flew off into all sorts of different directions. Mark Goldsworthy drawing the title chasers level, uh, and then both of the next two attacks on goal pretty much ended in goals as well. Uh, Josh Jenkins restoring Mallets' advantage, uh, but then once again Mallets hitting back, uh, drawing level. As I say, within a minute of kicking off, and that was from Reece Thompson. So obviously that made it made it two apiece, uh, and the game was uh, yeah definitely had uh, broken into some sort of um, yeah mad mad dash towards the finish line. And obviously that wasn't the end of the scoring. And for the first time, uh, the Cornish side did move ahead. Uh, the penalty from Hayden Turner during the final ten minutes, and it looked like uh, in well in in fact this would have uh, sent them top a win. Uh, and that was the way it was going. Uh, but uh, within, in the fourth minute of stoppage time, of course, there was to be a final twist, and that was Mallet equalising. Uh, Andy Martin stooping stooping highest to head home, uh, and they I think a deserved point for Mallet from, from what I've read. Uh, so a fan, fascinating game, and uh, yeah, well, as I say, both sides uh, leave with their head held high. Uh, Maslow just missing out on the opportunity to go top, as I say, but uh, yeah, a free-all draw for them away the at Shepton Mallet, and that really was a six-goal thriller. Yeah, and that Premier Division title race... Mm as exciting as ever.
3: If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a in hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you.
1: Now we look into the first division and we're going to kick things off with our Galacticos. Brislington. they took on Longwell Green Sports and, uh, well, it was another vintage performance from Briz.
2: Yeah, 20th successive victory. uh, No stopping them at the moment. Um, A 5-1 win for them on the weekend over over Longwell Green. Asa White getting the ball rolling after 12 minutes. uh, And then there was a couple of goals uh, from Dean Griffiths Uh, putting them three up inside half an hour so again romping towards a big a big lead Uh, and it was george jones obviously he scored four last weekend uh, and then he scored either side of the interval to make it five nil to brislington on this occasion Uh, long green did pull a goal back Uh, but yeah they've become the first side this season to reach the 90 point mark so uh, yeah incredible stuff from brislington they look like they've stolen the march in the first division title race obviously still plenty of swings Swings and and turns to go, but uh, yeah, they are the uh, the the, the leaders as things stand, and they look pretty unstoppable at the moment. Now, next, we go to the theatre of
1: cheese where Cheddar, who've endured a slightly troubled season, certainly by their high standards, we're used to them doing very, very well. Um, well, they had another difficult day at the office, this time at home to high flying Oldland Abertonians,
2: yeah, absolutely. One of the um, one of the away sides to to um, gain three points, another kind of quite a few of those. Uh, going around in the first season i think we're going to touch on a couple more after this and yeah oldland one of those as i say um strong first half helping them uh, helping them in this one uh which had a harrison kite uh, he was the first man to find the back of the net uh, and after around 20 minutes or so put them one up uh, and then it was matt green doubling their their advantage after about half an hour or so and, and that was how it stayed so yeah the abbots up in up in fifth having a having a really good season and it was another another good afternoon for them on saturday now, moving on to FC Bristol. Uh, they were at home to
1: Wincanton Town. Uh, but I think we can safely say, Tom, that on this occasion, it was the visitors who
2: were at the races. Well, hey, that's your old favourite. And they were definitely a <laughs> 4-1 win. As I say, another away victor. Uh, Winky, yeah, too much for, for FC Bristol at, at Oakland's Park on Saturday. Uh, Cam Allen uh, and Cam Veer. So a couple of Cams on the on the score sheet for, for Wincanton. Uh, Matt Garner, uh, also, also netting him once more. And uh, yeah, helping them to a, a pretty com- comprehensive four-one win. So uh, good stuff from from Wincanton away from home on on the weekend. A Wincanton of cams. <laughs> a Milton of wait- Josh's. I was waiting for you to go there.
1: <laughs> well, I did go there. I was thinking, you know, this <laughs> I is very much. This is very much an episode <laughs> yeah. of Tool Station Western League podcast. Bingo, you're in your wheelhouse, um, aren't you? <laughs> very much so. Uh, and uh, one final game for us to talk about on this week's podcast. That is the. Uh, game between Titherington Rocks and Wells City, and um, only one goal separated these t- two sides. Tom,
2: yeah, absolutely, and it was uh, Wells who who managed to to get that. Obviously, they are trying to keep pace with Brisbane Easier said than done, uh, and they've managed to just about do so. A one-nil victory for them. Uh, Adam Wright, uh, he was the uh, the man to to find the back of the net in the first half. And that proved to be the difference between the sides. And of course, Nailsy weren't in in action over the weekend. Their game was uh, postponed at, uh, late late in the week, so uh, they obviously uh, gained no ground. But uh, Wales managed to to, as I say, get the three points, which uh, yeah sets them up quite nicely going into the the, the final couple of uh, couple of weeks of the season.
1: Well, it's been a long time coming. We did hear from Sean Potter earlier this season, but I thought it was about time we got. Um, well, City, who were, of course, our long-time league leaders. I thought it was a good idea to get them back on the podcast. And I started my conversation with Sean um, by asking him whether that win at Titherington was as close as the scoreline suggests.
3: Not really, with all due respect to, to Titherington. Um, I think we created quite a few chances. Uh, we just didn't put any away. The intensity of the game was was, was not as high as we'd have liked, uh, I think it comes with having so many games in quick succession, uh, having to get up for big games and then get up for another game, and being away from home, different conditions. Um, I thought we controlled the game really well. Uh, I never really felt like we weren't going to come away with three points. Uh, they didn't sort of threaten to to score and have a little go. So we we it was quite comfortable. Um, all due respect to Tiverton, as I say, they're they're a good side. Um, but it was it was a I'd say it was a professional display. We've sort of gone there. Kept the ball really well, shape was really good, created a few chances um, and and controlled the game, really.
1: Because you're undefeated in 2023, certainly in the league, I mean, how happy have you been with your form this season?
3: Yeah, do you know what, I'm delighted, I I think the last time we lost in the league was was Bocco in November, uh, and then before that it was the first two games of the season, so... I think in, when you look at any other league table in, in most other divisions, we'd be top of the league and we'd be flying. Um, so just looking at ourselves, it's, it's been a really successful season. Um, and to keep going and not, not be beat, I mean, it's a, it's a you'd say it's an anomaly. Having someone like Brislington that have gone 20 games unbeaten, fair play to them. It's, it's, that's a great achievement. Um so we've been unbeaten since November and we're still not top of the league. So that's all testament to them. We've we've drawn sort of a couple of games and that's enough for them to be sort of six points clear, clear of us. So, yeah, if we're just looking at ourselves um, and the season as a whole, I think we've done really, really well to to only lose three games, two of those being the first two games of the season. So, um, yeah, really happy to, to keep going and, and all different conditions... Lads missing like everyone else has got, and different conditions, different pitch conditions, and um, to go through all of those games and be unbeaten is, is a real feat. So I'm really, really proud of the lads for that.
1: I mean, you've been around the first division for a for, for, well for, for quite a long time. I mean, I think you and I, in various guises, have spoken on a number of occasions um, since I've been doing the podcast. I mean, when you reflect on your experience in the Western League, how have you ever known a first division to be as competitive as it is this season?
3: Absolutely not. I'd say I'd say this is by far the most competitive. With all due respect to some of the sides, I think over the years when you're sort of top or second, you'd have a look at fixtures and you'd think, right, this one's going to be a bit more comfortable. Um, although anything can happen in this league, it, 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 there were more comfortable games. Um, whereas now there's not, there's no comfortable games at all. Um, so we got we played Tiverton Saturday. We knew it was going to be tough, um, and it, it was a tough one. We had to be on our game to to come away and win the game. So. And exactly the same tonight. We've got Radstock away. We know how tough that's going to be. So, yeah, the, the game's just come thick and fast and there's not one comfortable game. Every game's tough. I think for for a number of reasons, um, whether it's the travel in the league above, probably being the main reason, there's a really competitive side to all hammer the league and it's really tough every single week.
1: Because, obviously, we, you mentioned Brislington and I'm, I'm, I, it's almost inevitable that we are going to talk about them. But, actually, other clubs... Um, you know, obviously Nowsey and Tickenham coming into the Western League for their first sa- season, and of course Shirehampton. We shouldn't forget them, and Oldland Abertonians There've been there've been a lot of really good success stories that I think have made the um, the title race really interesting up to this point.
3: Yeah, I completely agree. You've got you've got sides that you just don't know what you're going to get from. you Chuck Wincanton in there as well. You think mm. they'll lose? Sort of, I think they lost eight 0 to Briz. Uh, and then the week after, they'll they'll beat someone four five one, and you will think you just don't know what you're going to get from these sides. And your Shires Shire come up, and we played them earlier in the season, and we we beat them quite comfortably. And then we played them in the second half of the season. They've been on a massive run, um, and they held us to a two all draw. Nelsie and Tickenham have kicked off really well, um, and, and and maybe we thought they were riding a bit of a wave of everyone being excited at the club of being in the in the. Tool station, but they've they've held on to it and they've managed to do it. They've maybe lost a couple of key players through the year, signed a few, uh, and managed to stay up there. So yeah, that's a massive, massive testament to them. Um, and Oldland, I was really impressed going away to Oldland, having not been there uh, since last season. They've done a lot of work at the ground. Really strong competitive side, and it was a, it was a really tough game, and we had to be at our best to go and go and beat them and take three points there. So yeah, like you say, there's some massive clubs with big ambition and. and it is a really good league to be involved in, which makes our sort of success at the moment, not being beat since November and, and sort of winning quite a few games and being second in the league, it makes us really proud to be there because we know how tough the league is.
1: You're, you're being incredibly upbeat and I think you've got every reason to be upbeat because of course you are, you know, you're doing really, really well this season. And I, But I do wonder whether, is there a tinge of irritation that as you said earlier in this interview in any other season I wouldn't say you would have had the league wrapped up by now but you would have expected certainly to have been um, leading the pack and actually with Brislington hitting the front in the way that they have it it overshadows your achievements or do you think that they can still be caught do you think that there's still some twists left in this season
3: Um, just going on the first part of your question I think at the beginning of the season, we weren't expected to hold pace with teams like Brislington. Um, I don't think anyone was. Anyone who's been around sort of local football uh, and looks at the, the squad that they've got, um, I don't think anyone would look at that squad and think any other side is going to compete. So for us to do what we've done, I'm I'm, I'm proud of that. And like you said, there's always going to be a little tinge of uh, if, if it was another season, we'd be winning it. But the goalposts have obviously been moved with a merger. We thought we'd have to finish top four to be promoted. Um, and now even finishing second, we might as well finish fifth and it's going to go into the playoffs. But on the second side, um, we all know that anything can happen in this league. Uh, a 20-game winning run is unheard of, really. It's a, it's a massive achievement. Um, and we've got them Saturday. If that goes and we are able to beat them, it's going to be a tough feat and we'll probably be underdogs for that game. But if we are, we do manage to beat them, I think a whole mindset changes. When you're used to winning and you're on a streak you've got that in your mindset that you need to carry on winning and and, and that desire comes from, sort of, it comes naturally. Um, so you're subconsciously thinking that you're going to win those games and it has a massive effect. So once you've lost one um, and that record's gone, it will take a lot of character to sort of bring that back and go on another run to the end of the season. So look, if we beat them Saturday, there's three points in it. I'll call it four points because they've got a much better goal difference. But I know from being in this league, anything can happen. We carry on doing our job. Um, forget about what they're doing and we see where we are at the end of the season and then if it's playoffs, so be it. Um, we'll reassess and then we'll go again in the playoffs and, and see where we end up. But I think on the whole, no matter how it finishes, um, I think we've cemented playoffs with we cemented playoffs with eight games to go, so um on the whole, I'll look at this season successful whatever happens from now to the end of the season. We've got a great bunch of lads. We've got a small squad, so when we've got two or three misses, it really affects us. Uh, and any of the lads that have pulled the shirt on every single game have given 100%, and we've 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 had a successful season as far as I'm concerned.
1: You've mentioned the playoffs a couple of times, and you you also mentioned the merger as well. Of course, not going ahead. Given that that will mean that the footprint of the Premier Division will remain as it is this season. How has that changed your view on what promotion would mean for Well City?
3: Um, I think it's changed it drastically, um, as it would, because the change is drastic. Uh, when you're looking at the merger and you're looking at how far you could potentially travel and the teams you could potentially play um, to the merger then being axed, it is a massive change, so it's going to affect every club. I mean, the, the shocking thing for me is that clubs plan way in advance for things like this, so being told that this is going to happen uh, all the way through the season, and then get into March when you've played sort of three quarters of your games, and being told it's not going to happen, I just think there's not really much regard for any of the clubs that have, have put in plans to try and finish in that top four and plan for the season after, because that's what clubs need to do to be sustainable. So yeah, it's something that we'll assess. We haven't spoke about it. We haven't spoke about it as a club. I know that the club are supportive. Um, and I know that the club will do all they can to facilitate us being in the league above and, and be the best that we can be in that league but it's not a conversation we've had we've got we've got worries this season um, we've got to think about what we can do this season and then once that season's finished and we know where we are uh, and we know what we're doing then we'll reassess I think it's pointless as we see how quick things can change pointless making concrete plans of, of what you're going to do when Things can change at a drop of a hat with the league, so it's best to sort of wait until you know for sure what's going on, and then we can sort of plan and see where we are.
1: I mean, you make an interesting point about the playoffs, actually, because of course the the consequence of the merger not taking part is that you know the arrangements that we thought existed for promotion obviously have now reverted back to what they would have been under a normal season, and that means that you know second to fifth, uh, we assume will be um, you know will be. Comp- will be competing uh, in in playoffs. Um, I mean, we had the playoffs last season. I don't know what your view on them is. Are are you excited? I mean, as a fan, I I enjoyed it. But, I mean, you have um, responsibilities, obviously, to your players and you've got to ensure, I guess, that that your squad remains competitive, not just in the normal season, which you would plan for, but also with a few more games to go after that.
3: Yeah, I've never, been, I've never been a fan of playoffs, to be fair. I think, like you say, they're great to watch and, and on TV and the championship and the big championship playoff final is lovely for all the neutrals to watch and it's exciting. But for those clubs and the stakes, even for us at our level, the stakes are high, we want to be promoted. Um, and the lads have fought since July to be promoted. And I think you end up finishing 20, 25 points. We could end up finishing 25 points above the team in fifth place. And... A one-off game anything can happen you know so we could we could play the side in fifth and finish 25 points above them and have someone sent off after two minutes and lose the game and and that's the end of your season in that 90 minutes you know so I know it's got to be done somehow I'd prefer if if the top two went up I think that's the fairest way of anyone top two top three whatever it is that's what it's always been since I've been in the league the top two or three before the playoffs were introduced so yeah for me that'd be the best way but It is what it is. That's what they've made it and that's what we're going to have to deal with and and our lads will be more than ready for it. We've got to to gather ourselves after the season and get ourselves going again and know that we've got two massive, potentially two massive one-off games and um, to try and get promoted and see how we go.
1: We've talked about next season. We've talked about the end of this season. Really, we can't look ahead from the game this this Saturday, can we, against Brislington? It, It feels that so much of your season could hinge upon... Um, the outcome of that match.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's massive. We've got we've got Radstock um, this evening away, which is a massively tough game, and I don't want our lads or myself to look past Radstock because it's going to be really tough. It's always a tough place to go. So we'll get through get through tonight, whatever the result may be, and then we'll start concentrating on Saturday. Um, we don't want to do anything different. We won't approach it any different. We'll turn up and we'll prepare exactly the same as we prepare. Um, and we'll give it our best shot and see where it takes us. We know they're a very good side. Um, I know a few of their players personally have played against a few of their players um, or managed against a few of their players, so we know what they're like. We know they're a very, very good side. It's quite nice to go into a league game as probably the underdogs. We're not used to that, and we've not really had it very often. We've got a target on our back usually when we've been top most of the season. So, yeah, to go into the game second, chase in and, and be, a, be the underdogs, that's... Um, that's something that we're not used to, but something we'll thrive on.
1: And my thanks to Sean for his time. Now, Tom, we'll take a look at the fixtures coming up on Saturday, the 25th of March. That's non-league day, listeners. Now, I mean, I'm preaching to the converted here because, of course, if you are listening to the Toolstation Station Western League podcast, it's probably a pretty safe bet that um, you have found non-league football and um, uh, and you are an enjoyer of it but of course for the the massed ranks of everybody else out there hopefully we'll be getting a few more people through the turnstiles on saturday
2: so what game will they be jo- enjoying tom in <laughs> the premier division i've gone from wellington Mausel. obviously we know quite a lot of eyes are towards the top of the table where obviously malzell sit at the moment so uh, yeah they're um yeah big well towards the top as i say big game for them away at wellington who yeah i always feel like they're a they're a good side to, to catch up with most weekends there's plenty going on potentially not always winning of course but uh, yeah I think um, uh, an interesting side and yeah I don't think it'll be a particularly easy afternoon four miles or to, to go there but yeah there will be favourites and be interesting to see how it plays
1: out there are some cracking games actually mm. in the Premier Division I think uh, on, on Saturday I mean it's a great day you've got a Midsummer Norton Welton Rovers against Barnstable Town I'm sure that'll be a cracking game you know just down the road in Shepton Mallet Falmouth other visitors um two sides that probably want to improve on their form this season millbrook and sherborne and i'm sure they'll play out a good game and exactly could be exactly the same could be said for Coombe against um ashton and Batwell. i'm sure uh, you know all of these games where both sides feel that they've got a real opportunity of taking maximum points helston athletic versus clevedon town that's going to be my pick on non-league day and um, we all know how good helston are particularly it seems at home Uh, but Clevedon they've got something about them perhaps not the Clevedon of old but they're certainly a very competitive side I think they'll give Helston a game be uh, a sure uh, I'm sure it'll be a fantastic atmosphere uh, on um, on Saturday and I think that will really add to the proceedings I think Clevedon will turn up Helston Athletic against Clevedon that's my pick uh on saturday in the
2: premier division and what about in the first division tom mm-hmm. i think it's only one place to go with this one and you always let me pick first so i will do just that and it is Wells sitting at <laughs> brislington <laughs> so we've touched on wells trying to trying to keep pace with brislington well obviously this is a, a perfect opportunity to do so uh, if they can somehow topple them obviously easier said and done by the looks of it at the moment and uh, yeah definitely keeping them scoreless would be a, a, a start but um yeah if that if that's uh, if that's the case and wells can get the three points then I think the title race has yeah potentially turned on its head so huge game on on Saturday afternoon uh the unstoppable uh, Brisington travelling to 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 Wales one of the title challengers uh, I'm very
1: seriously tempted to just say mm-hmm. yes and <laughs> I uh, leave it at yeah, that I blame you um I think I think after my conversation with um Sean Potter as well actually I think we've you know I think Sean articulated <laughs> really why this game is so important probably to both sides um, but you know in the in the interest of sort of balance I will be pointing out uh, a game in Bristol between Hallen and Oldland Abertonians two sides not separated necessarily by a million miles I mean they're not next to each other but um, um, there will be I'm sure a competitive rivalry there we heard from Stu Jones of course on the podcast only last week so Hallen looking for a good finish Oldland looking for a very good finish you know certainly cementing their places in the playoffs. Uh, so I think that would be a very good, keenly contested game. But other than that, yes, Wells City against mm-hmm. Brislington. I, I think on non-league day, you would, um, uh, yeah, you'd you'd be daft to go anywhere else. Uh, right then, we did the league tables last week, Tom, which means we're going to do the leading goal scorers this week. Can you take us through our
2: league hot shots? Absolutely, yeah, of course. Always a, always a pleasure. Uh, so Shirehampton's Scott Bamford leads the way in, in the overall uh, goals he's got 34 so far this year. He is the only man past 30 at the moment, but we've got plenty of players hot on his tail. Uh, Adam Wright of Wells again, as I say, scoring on the weekend. 29 he's up to now. Uh, Luke Bryan of odd Down another, another fantastic season for him. 28 uh, and then it sort of drops, keeps dropping down by a goal. Curtis Damorell again playing in a playing in a side that aren't potentially having the best of seasons in Torpoint, but he's managed to to plunder 27 goals. So a fantastic effort from him. Uh, and then Jack Fawn who's played for both Bridgewater and Nailsy and, uh, and Tickenham so far this year, he's up to 26 in all comps. So that's playing for playing for both those sides. Uh, and then you've got a couple of guys on 24: uh, FC Bristol, Sasha Tong, uh, and as I said earlier, uh, Mazzel's Hayden Turner, who scored again on the weekend. Lots of penalties for him so far this year. He's uh, pretty reliable uh, from from 12 yards. Uh, he's also on 24. So that's that's how the top guys sit at the moment. Excellent stuff, Tom. Um, we have, of course, been
1: reviewing the fixtures, the reports, and the statistics in your excellent um,
2: bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? That will be on the uh, Tool Station League website, uh, usual place. Yeah, as you say, guys, uh, scroll down about halfway uh, on the on the official page, and, and you'll find it on the left-hand side. And that will, as I say, come out every week, and uh, you can find all the uh, the stats and everything we sort of touched on in this uh, in this pod. Yeah, that will be in, involved in that. Excellent stuff, Tom. Thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to
1: catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.